Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We talk all things Ohio State football and talk to and about other women in Buckeye Buckeye Athletics and beyond. I'm your host, Tia Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Happy Thanksgiving, Meredith. Happy Thanksgiving, Tia. You can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams, that's Tia with three A's, Meredith at Meredith Hine, and of course, the site at LandGrant33. Thanks for tuning in today. We're all sorts of amped up this week because we get to celebrate Thanksgiving and, in case you missed it, the game this weekend. Tia, what are your plans for the holiday and for the game? So for Thanksgiving, we go to my grandparents' house, which we've been doing ever since I was born. And I'm so excited to eat. I can't even tell you. Like, there's always these polls or controversy over what Thanksgiving food should be eliminated from the table or, like, what food everyone should hate. And I'm like, none of it. Like, it's all good. The stuffing, the green beans, it is all good. Everyone else is wrong. But for the game, this is horrible. Okay, so... I'm currently in Columbus, but I live in Philly. So when I was booking my flights home for Thanksgiving, it was like 7 a.m. I don't know why I was doing it that early. I'm half asleep. Um, My fiance is out of town Saturday through Sunday. So I was like, okay, I got to fly back Saturday to take care of my dog. I booked my flight at 1 p.m. in the afternoon on Saturday, smack in the middle of the game. (laughs) This was a while ago. Okay, so the game, like, wasn't even on my radar. I was just like, oh, Saturday. This is fine. I can sleep in a little bit. I don't even know. I don't know. I'm ashamed of myself. Um, And I went back to try to change it. And since since I'm flying economy, American won't let you. So I'm just going to, like, buy the expensive Wi-Fi, stream it on the plane, probably yell at my phone. (laughs) I can't believe I did that. We're just going to move on from that because that's terrible. I was contemplating just lying, but I was like, you know what? I just have to own up to what I did. (laughs) Everybody makes mistakes. Moving ahead into today's show, we are excited to talk more about rivalry games and why it's better for everyone to have a respectful game, whether it's on the field, on the sidelines, or in the stands. That's right. And I think this point is especially clear given we're still feeling the – repercussions from the rivalry matchup of the Brown Steelers more than a week ago. And while we haven't seen anything quite that extreme in the Ohio State-Michigan game, it's certainly something to be avoided. Exactly right. So let's dive in a little bit more to the situation involving Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph, and what feels like half of the combined roster Steelers. So what a huge Browns fan I am. So you can imagine what it felt like to be watching the Browns Coming away with their second straight win on a Thursday night matchup, things were finally clicking, the offense looked good, the defense was playing lights out, and we were beating our rival. Then you have an incident like this happen, and the specifics have already been, you know, delved into by pretty much everyone else. Um, But you suddenly have this ugliness come into what was supposed to be an amazing win over a rival who's really been throttling us for the better part of two decades. It completely takes away from the win. Like, I was talking to my dad this past weekend because they're about to play again. And he's a Steelers fan, so he's like, oh, we got to beat them. They already beat us. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I totally forgot Cleveland won that game. And again, we won't get into specifics. You know what happened. But everyone has their take on who started it and who should be punished. And, you know, Rudolph should have gotten more than just a fine. But at the end of the day, does it really matter who started it? 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm I am not a Cleveland fan, so I I don't follow, but Miles Garrett, I feel, has never been in the media for doing anything wrong. And now literally just one incident and he's one of the most hated players in the league. And players were quoted saying he's quiet, he kind of keeps to himself, he's likable, he's introverted. So they're all saying, you know, Rudolph had to have been antagonizing him or he really had to have said something to make him mad. But the thing is, like, I'm sure there are nasty exchanges on the field that we don't hear every single game or even every single snap. But what Miles Garrett did was so dangerous, so violent, his intentions, whatever they were, were not harmless. Yeah. And, you know, as someone who's followed Garrett since he got drafted by the Browns, what you said is exactly right. And the way the players described him is exactly right. Like, he's very much been that boy scout for the Browns. He likes dinosaurs. He likes Dragon Ball Z. He likes poetry. Like, this is not someone that you would peg as being a, you know, a violent person. And you had these allegations come out that there was a racial slur um, from Mason Rudolph uh, directed towards Miles Garrett. And, you know, that's terrible. And Rudolph should have, you know, if that was the case, very much been held accountable for that. Um, But as you said, there's no excuse for hitting a player with his own helmet. And as you said, like, it was easy to forget the fact that the Browns won that game because even when we won, it still felt like we lost. Right. Um, so, you know, the bottom line of this whole situation is that, you know, in short, rivalry games bubbling over just makes the whole game ugly in the worst kind of way. These kinds of fights distract from the play on the field. They slow the game down. Just, you know, from a logistical perspective, look how long it took to you know, get everyone off the field in the Brown Steelers game yeah. and to try to sort everything out. And this distraction afterwards of, you know, more than I think it was like $750,000 in total in fines and uh, then the repercussions down the road. So the Michigan Michigan State game, which was that Saturday following that Thursday matchup, um, there were literally so many penalties called just in the first quarter as soon as the refs got any indication of chippiness, because they're like, we don't want an incident like what happened on Thursday night. We need to shut this down now. Right. But, you know, worse than that, you spread this kind of negativity throughout the rest of the team. It goes to the coaching staffs, it goes to the fans, and it goes to, in the case of college football, to, you know, the college football universe. Teams get the reputation of being dirty, whether it's to ref or refs or to opposing fan bases. Um, and especially in the case of college, you risk the future of players who may have their status impeded by their reputations as troublemakers or, you know, who in theory could get seriously hurt in some of these, frankly, just fights on the field. Right. And what is that showing the guys coming into college or coming into the NFL? Like they're watching the professionals, they look up to them. And when they see that, like, God forbid, become the standard, you know, it's going to translate into college or even maybe high school. You never know. A little closer to home, it was a little different, obviously. It wasn't a fight, but with the Eagles and Avante Maddox against Green Bay earlier this season, when his own teammate, Andrew Sendejo, was helping to finish a tackle and came in way too aggressively, unnecessarily, and ended up colliding helmet to helmet with Maddox. He didn't move. They pulled him out on a stretcher and a neck brace. Like, everyone thought that they were getting, like, Ryan Shazier flashbacks. But the 
horrible part was it wasn't the first time Sandejo made a violent tackle like that. Like, like you said, he's a, he has a reputation of being this dirty player. And so, you know, I understand that the name of the game in football is aggressiveness and hard hits, but when something like that happens, it's just not worth our entertainment. It was terrifying. And I totally agree with you. And you say this type of thing isn't super common in the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, which is fortunate. But 2013 wasn't that long ago. For those of you who don't remember, uh, three players were ejected in the second quarter of that game after a fight broke out. And that fight, of course, detracted from what was a thrilling 42-41 win for the Buckeyes in Ann Arbor. Yeah, I remember exactly where I was when this one happened. We were actually spending Thanksgiving in Florida, and my dad was so anxious that he needed to take a walk during the fourth quarter, literally like (laughs) outside and around the block. Um, And when Michigan missed the two-point try at the end of the game, I literally turned around to see my dad staring (laughs) through the windows of the TV (laughs) to watch it happen. Um, So, Oh, my gosh. He tried to get away. He couldn't. That is um, me. <laughs> but like, I remember when that fight happened and my in-laws were with us. My husband's grandfather had uh, come to spend Thanksgiving with us. And they're not Ohio State fans. They're not Michigan fans, but they were watching the game because, you know, we were all watching together. And I just remember being so embarrassed by this whole situation. You know, I'd been touting this as the best rivalry in college sports, you know, such, I, I was touting it as like a classy type of rivalry, not like a street fight, yeah. or, you know, where teams hate each other. I, it was very much like teams respect one another. And then you have this incident happen. And as a fan, like, like I said, I was just mortified that here I was like trying to defend this team that I love and I care about to, you know, people who are witnessing this action on the field. Yeah, I am, I didn't even think of it from that perspective, like watching it with people who don't know the rivalry and that's what they're seeing. That is a little bit embarrassing. Like Ohio State fans, you know, all I remember is Marcus Hall leaving and flicking off the crowd and Ohio State fans went wild and they put it on t-shirts and, you know, Ohio State fans get pumped, but other people are watching that like, oh, Ohio State is trashy. And essentially the same way the whole fight situation ruined the Brown-Steelers game, we've seen how this type of behavior distracts from our rivalry, and I hope that 2013 was an outlier because I would hate for this rivalry to turn dirty. Like before, I don't know if you saw, but before Penn State, Ohio State, during their warmups, they were kind of going at it, and the Penn State players were like shirtless and yelling at our guys, and they were trying to get to each other, and it just was not a good look. And I will say, I think Urban Meyer did a great job with making sure that sort of thing never happened again after 2013. So hopefully Ryan Day said something to our team after that. Like, we don't do that. We're Ohio State. You know, we don't want to see that. Yeah, we certainly hope that that's the case moving forward into this new era of head coaching. And, you know, to, well... Well, I don't know. I was going to say to Jim Harbaugh's credit, you know, he's kept his team in line. But then you saw this incident with Devin Bush. I don't know if you remember last year during the Michigan-Michigan State game when Devin Bush went out and, you know, was cleating at the Spartan in the middle of, at the 50-yard line before the game. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I do remember And, you know, that. generally being a troublemaker on the field. 
um, in a rivalry matchup. But switching gears a little bit here. So we talked about a little bit what it's like to be a spectator in one of these rivalry situations. But Tia, what are your thoughts on how these types of rivalry games and, you know, this kind of hot headedness can play out in the stands? Yeah, for from my experience for Ohio State, Michigan, I feel like it's always I think the banter is pretty innocent. You know, you just talk crap to each other and then you're done. And I like to think that college fans across the board are better than NFL fans. Um, The stands in NFL games are ridiculous. It's sometimes can get scary. There are more drunk people. There are more adults without their kids. And I can only imagine the fights that broke out during the Brown Steelers incident. I'm positive that that tension like translated into the stands. Was it a night game? I'm sure everybody was out drinking before and yeah it was a Thursday night game yeah so I know we've discussed rude fan bases a couple weeks ago but it definitely goes to another level when it comes to rivalry games so for those of you traveling to Ann Arbor this weekend remember to treat others how you want to be treated which is a good rule we can always remember you know make Ohio State fans look good but we've got more of this coming up after a quick ad break be right back So Meredith and I have been Ohio State fans our whole entire lives. Meredith, what's your fondest memory of the rivalry game? So it's not so much about the game as much as the rivalry itself, but I realized a few years ago that I had gone through most of my adult life not actually knowing if if navy blue and yellow look good together um i still actually don't um to me it it looks like a mismatched color combination but i think that you know that's just an example of what happens when this rivalry is so ingrained into you and especially when you grow up in columbus and you grow up very much inundated with all aspects of this rivalry when you know the m's are blocked out on street signs and as yes. someone whose name starts with an M, it's kind of embarrassing this week. Um, <laughs> but I would say that if I had to pick a moment, it was what I mentioned earlier, seeing my dad literally looking through the windows <laughs> to see if Ohio State won in 2013. Um, yeah. Tia, what's your take? It's like he thought like the window would separate him from like the pain he <laughs> <we> lost. <laughs> like. <laughs> the distance but yeah I know I was at the airport today and the main sign like the big lit up outdoor sign that says Columbus International Airport they x'd out the m (laughs) and throughout the airport all the m's were x'd out like this rivalry if there are any non-Ohio State fans which I'm sure there aren't but listening to this it is a big deal here and like you said yellow and blue always have been hideous my whole life and that's a good point like is is that a good color combination to the rest of the world let us know <laughs> i don't know Someone, yeah it can tweet at us if you happen to know yeah. if you happen to be neutral in this like, rivalry. Is that, yeah but my moment i have to go with the 2016 double overtime game i was there i witnessed it when curtis samuel crossed into the end zone i have never heard the shoe that loud I think my heart rate is still kind of messed up from that game. And then we rushed the field. Yeah, it was amazing. That's awesome. I can't believe you were there. I know. It, it was oh, the goosebumps. Like, I, I still have goosebumps talking about it. But Meredith, we've been talking football this whole show. 
We do have some exciting matchups outside of the big game this weekend. Can you list those for us? For sure. So women's ice hockey has a two-game series against Cornell Friday and Saturday. Women's volleyball is actually wrapping up its season with two games against Iowa. um, And then a really tough matchup against number five, Nebraska, both on the road Friday and Saturday, respectively. Uh, Women's basketball is playing South Dakota on Friday and then follows up with another game on Saturday against Northern Iowa. And that's really what we've got on this Thanksgiving weekend. In addition to that um, and our shout outs that we're going to do later, in the spirit of Thanksgiving, because this is when this episode goes live, we wanted to share what we're thankful for. Meredith, want to get started? So in the spirit of this podcast, I would like to give a shout out to my dad for teaching me how to be an Ohio State fan. I mentioned earlier about the window incident in 2013, (laughs) but really, you know, I wouldn't want to be a part of another fan base. Um, And it's just very cool that that's such a part of who my family is and how we are able to interact with one another um, and spend time together. But in terms of what I'm thankful for, always thankful for my husband, who I'm going to say it, even I'm thankful for him this week, even though he got his MBA at Michigan. <gasps> Guys. I don't think I knew that. Still love him. <laughs> I know. It's, it's really rough. And he's he's <laughs> been trying to tell me this whole week that Michigan is better than I'm giving them credit for. But <sighs> we'll see. Even, does he cheer even for? in those moments, he's cheering for Michigan. Oh, how do you do it? I'm like, <laughs> well, he decided to go to Michigan after we got married. So okay. I can't take responsibility. Okay. But no, that's fine. Um, yes, I didn't know at the time that you know, <laughs> he, would, he would do that. Oh my uh, gosh. But again, still thankful for him. And as always, thankful for my dog and my cat. Yeah, your fur babies. Yeah. Um, so all day I was thinking yes. of who I was going to give a shout out to besides copying you and saying my mom for teaching me to hate Michigan from birth. So very conveniently, I was getting off the plane today and it was one of those really small planes And my carry-on bag was stuck in the overhead, like jammed. And I could not get it out. The guy who helped me get it up there had already deboarded. I'm holding up the entire plane. So I'm like sweating and freaking out. And this girl, she's like my height and size, is the only one helping me get this thing out. And there's this like line of older men in suits just staring at us struggling to get my bag out and so the two of us finally get it out and she whispers to me why do men even exist (laughs) which made me laugh really hard um and I thought it was very on brand for the show like shout out to that girl for helping me with my bag when all these tall people wouldn't and I gotta copy you on this next one and say I'm thankful for my fiance and my dogs because coming home to them is what I look forward to every single day they're the best I love it. They are. Yeah. All right, guys. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams. That's Tia with three A's. Meredith at Meredith Hine. And the site at LandGrant33. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday after that with new shows. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl. And hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And as always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.